Did you know that about one-fifth of marine coastal areas have been highly modified by humans? One-fifth of coral reefs have also been destroyed, and another fifth have been severely degraded by overfishing, pollution, and invasive species. On today's episode, we will dive deep into these topics and how they impact the waterways near me. My name is Parker Ray, and you're listening to Saltwater Stories. help me navigate our marine ecosystem and shed light on the harm being done, I'll be joined by a very special guest, Jean Frew. Jean is a kayak guide with Outside Hilton Head and executive director of the Outside Foundation, a nonprofit organization all about getting kids outside and environmental initiatives that help preserve and protect our local environment. To kick off today's episode, we should start from the beginning with any recent shifts to the structure or flow of our ecosystem. Over the 16 years you have worked for Outside Hilton Head, have you seen our waterways, like the ocean or rivers, change at all? One of the things that I've noticed um, in kayaking in the salt marshes over the last, oh, I would say maybe three, four, five years, that there really kind of seems to be a blurring of uh, some seasonal changes. And it used to be that uh, the spark kind of grass would 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 really be late January and February before it uh, left its dormant phase and began to to spring green into the marsh and began to push out last year's and now that process really isn't identifiable um i I can't tell you that in paddling in in the late winter um that any of the green disappears it seems it seems that um as the the older stuff is dying dying off and, and completing its life cycle um there already is um kind of a next year's grass coming in so there seems to be less of a of a kind of a distinct changeover um the water temperatures are getting warmer earlier and that causes shifts in migration so we've observed um, that um, in many cases, um, that 70 degree water temperature uh, over the last three, four years, it's arrived, um, you know, three, four weeks ahead of schedule. And so with that comes a shift in the, the type of uh, life that you see in the creek. And that includes the return of offshore dolphins. Um, some of our migratory birds have, have changed as well. I used to use April 1st as kind of the day in which that would signal that spring had arrived and uh, those ducks had headed headed north. And, and now it seems to be that that no longer is uh, kind of a standard. And again, we're only talking about a, a little a little blip of time. And so these changing patterns of you know, wildlife and seasonal migrations, they, they may shift um, as they may have shifted over the last thousand years. Do you think these changes that you've noticed specifically over the past three to four years are caused by humans, time, natural patterns, or anything more specific? Well, most definitely. I think that, you know, uh, when we burn fossil fuels, we know that we create that thermal blanket in the atmosphere. Um, we know that that thermal blanket that wraps um, our Earth um, does hold heat and it does raise temperatures. Um, and so it seems to me that, um, you know, we've had some, some really, really, really um, warm winters. We've had winters that have been warmer uh, on the average. It seems to me also that summer is, is, is hotter than, than, than I can remember. 
Uh, and then again, you know, part of that could be that shifting of water temperatures, um, water temperatures warming earlier in the spring than the normal. Um, but again, that could be a fluctuation, but I definitely um, believe that um, human and human activities and reliance on uh, fossil fuels um, is adding to that. If you look back, you know, thousands of years over data, you can see that, you know, carbon dioxide levels uh, in the atmosphere have, have risen. Um, you can certainly see it at the industrial age. Um, when that kind of clicked in, you could see a bleep. Um, but over the last 20, 30 years, you can also see a, a rapid and steep uh, increase in that. So there, there is data there to show that there is more uh, carbon in the air. Um, so, but it, you know, it's hard to say uh, because um, some of the fluctuations in the marsh could or could not be um, related to that. Now that we know what some of the main shifts are and have a general idea for what caused them, are there any major changes we should make to help support the plants and animals living in the low country? Well, I think for sure, if you just look at our little island in our area of Beaufort, uh, since we live so close to the coastline, um, you know, one of the things that we worry about um, in terms of our nonprofit is is the amount of, of trash that we, we seem to leave behind. We, we've become a, a heavily single-use single, single use type of um, you know, uh, culture, and uh, that creates a lot of solid waste. That creates a lot of trash, and sometimes that trash gets away from us at the beaches and the waterways. And um, you know, a single plastic bag can kill a dolphin. It can kill a uh, turtle. And so, I think you know, our own responsibility to pack in and pack out when we visit places like parks and beaches, um, keeping track of what's on our boats and what stays on our boats if we're over, you know, moving around. Um, I definitely think as fossil fuel burners. Um, we have to look at our own habits. Um, we live in an area here that has very little mass transit, uh, and even the mass transit that's available isn't very clean mass transit. So I think um, over the next 10 years, there'll be better choices for uh, the different types of cars that we can purchase, the hybrids, the electrics. Um, certainly, we can consider putting solar panels on our homes. The sun shines down here quite a bit, and hopefully our uh, state will uh, make that a kind of an attractive thing for for us as taxpayers to to invest in. Um, so you know, I think it comes down to individual responsibility and actions. Um, you know, taking taking an inventory of what we throw away on a month and, and how can we reduce that. Um, I think those are all things that impact um, the quality of our life and the quality of our water. Um, and as simple as making one or two changes in daily habits can, can I think, have a, uh, a magnified effect uh, when we do those over time. And so, um, yeah, we would hope that um, through the programs with our foundation and other nature education types of organizations, Port Royal Sound Foundation, Coastal Discovery Museum, lots of really good work locally. Um, it would be really nice if we could integrate some of that environmental emphasis into our high schools and into our curriculum so that if we can immerse people in language beginning earlier, why couldn't we immerse them in, in environment and in, in caring for the environment and learning more about that and, and being able to make uh, a difference um, as a, as a, a, a student? Uh, and then perhaps go even to to study um, the various aspects of of environment uh, at the at the college level. So it would be interesting to have um, some sort of connection 
um, to our school system uh, to make environmental studies, um, you know, an IB option or something along those lines. I, I think that um, when we start to really, um, you know, open eyes, some people, you know, just because of the nature of, of maybe moving to the area, um, lots of families relocate here for work. Um, and during the pandemic, we, we also saw that. We saw people relocating here um, out of the cities. And they may or may not be aware of some of the environmental uh, stressors in our area. Uh, and they may unconsciously contribute to them uh, through their actions or behavior and, and, and not even be aware of it. And so, uh, again, I think that begins with uh, the youngest stewards uh, of our of our community, and those uh, those are you know, basically our, our school-aged uh, kids. And um, it's amazing what an impact, um, you know, very passionate um, middle schoolers and high schoolers can can uh, what change they can bring about when they when they set to it. So I mean that's where we have to make the difference because if you rely on people like me, our age, my generation, well, we created a lot of the problems. So it's your generation, I think, that's going to have to look to 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 make some of those um, better individual choices in, in a basically a single use world. You know, too much of that. <clears throat> To wrap up this episode, I would like to thank Jean Frew for joining me here on Saltwater Stories and for the change she's doing in our community. Without implementing these small changes, there will be more plastic in our ocean than fish, and our already high average temperatures will increase almost 4 degrees by 2050. Deciding to live a more environmentally friendly lifestyle can be as simple as picking up after yourself or using reusable containers instead of single-use items. Thank you for listening to Saltwater Stories. My name is Parker Ray, and remember, the change starts with you.